The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Almost 10 days since the conflict first broke out in Israel and there is no end in sight as the Israeli government looks to eliminate Hamas. Ordinary people are caught in the middle being forced to flee their homes, left to die in hospitals without power or victims of devastating airstrikes. Meanwhile, President Biden is heading to Israel, but to do what? I'm joined now by someone who has witnessed these Israeli and Hamas tactics before. Lara Marlow, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, you've covered wars in Gaza over the years, and when I suggest it's a Groundhog Day, it is in the sense that you'll get provocation by one side and a very predictable response from the other. Exactly. Um, I have a very strong sense of deja vu when I when I see these gutted buildings and, and destroyed streets, all the rubble of Gaza. It's what I saw there in 2001, in 2009, in 2014. Uh, it's, it's a recurring nightmare, a, a tragedy that just never ends. Um, President Biden is heading to Israel, and we know Antony Blinken was there, and we know about the, the naval fleets being assembled in the eastern Mediterranean. But why is Joe Biden going to Israel? Biden's number one preoccupation is to prevent the conflict spreading. Uh, as you mentioned, the U.S. has sent two aircraft, aircraft carriers to the eastern Mediterranean. The U.S. does not want to be forced to join in a war to defend Israel. Uh, and they're very worried about the Iranians. This is a warning to the Iranians. Um, the Iranian foreign minister said last night uh, that the spreading of the conflict was becoming unavoidable. Uh, Biden wants to prevent that. And I think his argument with the Israelis will be the more vicious you are in Gaza, the more dramatic and drastic uh, the assault on Gaza, the greater the risk of escalation. Um, So he's trying to to moderate the Israeli behavior. Uh, And, of course, he's trying to reassure the the Israelis that uh, the U.S. is supporting them. I I think they know that already. Blinken has said it um, repeatedly. Uh, But those are the two main purposes. If he achieves anything at all, it will be uh, the establishment of a humanitarian corridor of the opening of the border at Rafah, the southern border of Gaza, with Egypt, so that some of this desperately needed food, medicine, blankets, uh, uh, fuel, uh, that these can get through uh, into Gaza. The the, um, supplies are piling up, and the Egyptians want to send it in, and the Israelis won't allow it. They've bombed the Rafah that crossing at least three times already. Now, what do you make of the Israelis quoting uh, the Egyptians as saying there is no humanitarian crisis in Gaza when all the video emerging from Gaza would suggest quite the contrary? Um, I mean, this is this is rubbish. Obviously, there's a huge humanitarian crisis in Gaza. There's up to a million people have fled their homes already. That's nearly half the population of the Gaza Strip. Uh, and one of the most appalling things about this is that the Israelis have ordered the Gazans to leave their homes, and they, the Gazans who are obeying are then bombed on the roads and, and bombed in southern Lebanon. There were 70 Gazans killed uh, in, in uh, southern Gaza yesterday in Israeli bombardments. Uh, so there is obviously a huge humanitarian crisis. The hospitals are filled to over, overflowing. They're running out of fuel. Uh, they don't even have painkillers for people. And, and doctors and, and nurses and ambulance drivers are all getting killed in the bombardments. Now, I, I'm 
still trying to get around why Hamas would do what they did. Not that they would make an incursion into Israel and seize hostages because they've had uh, a lot of success in hostage negotiations in the past. Uh, The Israelis prizing the lives of uh, their uh, citizens held hostage in uh, Gaza uh, much uh, higher than they would hold the lives, for example, of the Hamas prisoners in Israeli jails. So the deals that were done were very favourable to Hamas. So you can understand the tactic. However, the nature of the violence that has been reported, the killing of babies, the, the decapitation and so on, pretty... Pro- um, there's a, there's a um, dispute about the decapitation, actually. Um, there, there is no solid evidence of decapitation of babies. Yeah. There was a, there was a picture of a decapitated soldier, but the White House backed down after Biden said he'd seen a photo of a decapitated baby. But sorry, go ahead, Pat. No, Forgive but, but ir- irrespective of that, it does seem mm. as if the slaughter we know oh, it, it yes, was absolutely. indiscriminate and it was horrific. But uh, the the deeds that were done to dead bodies, etc., 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 seems almost excessively provocative. And I'm wondering what is the Hamas tactic, knowing that the kind of retribution in killing well over a thousand Israelis, they know they knew what it would bring down on their heads. So was it a, a tactic that they hoped would create a wider war, bringing, if you like, the Arab world into some sort of unity against Israel that might ultimately lead to this, the destruction of that state? Was that the plan? I, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for Hamas, obviously, but I, I think that the Palestinian cause... Uh, had been totally forgotten, that uh, Palestine had just disappeared from the, from the world's consciousness, from television screens. Uh, there were 120 Palestinians in the West Bank killed this year before the Hamas attack by settlers and the Israeli military with total impunity. No, that was barely covered in the news. Do you remember hearing anything about that? And, uh, you know, in, in recent years, especially since Trump um, concluded these uh, Abraham Accords, and more and more countries were making peace with Israel. Uh, you know, Egypt, obviously in Jordan, but then uh, the Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, um, and they were normalizing relations with Israel, and ha- uh, Hamas and the Gaza Strip were still a big prison. They were still locked up there, and no one cared, no one paid any attention. And by doing something so horrific, so barbaric, they certainly caught the world's attention, and Palestine is back. Palestine is an issue again, and I think that's what they wanted to achieve, and they they certainly have. So that, uh, if you like, provocation was quite deliberate to put their plight back on the world uh, stage, but not in a way that would endear anybody to Hamas. Well, yes and no. I mean, one of the dangerous things about this crisis is that the configuration, the the blocks lining up on either side of it, are virtually uh, identical to the Ukraine war. You have China, Russia, uh, and the Arab world basically supporting the Palestinians, and you have the U.S. and Europe supporting the, the Israelis. So the Palestinians are not alone. The, the feeling is running very high in, in Arab countries. I mean, I'll give you an example. The Jordanian foreign minister said yesterday, why is it uh, a, a war crime to bomb civilians in Ukraine, to depro- deprive civilians in Ukraine of food, water, uh, electricity, and not a war crime? 
crime to do the same in Gaza. Uh, so the, the, the Arab world certainly sees a huge double standard, and there is a, a very big problem with this Western double standard that we apply one criterion to, uh, to Ukraine and a totally different criterion to, to Gaza. Now, the, the, the question of uh, where do we go from here? I mean, if Biden uh, can negotiate some sort of a, a safe corridor for uh, the humanitarian relief, because it mm-hmm. looks like Egypt does not want hundreds of thousands of Palestinians to cross its border and seek refuge there. So mm-hmm. it looks as if some sort of refugee enclave will be created within the Gaza Strip, close to the Egyptian border, to which supplies will be delivered. Is, is that the immediate future? Um, it's possible. I'm not certain the Israelis are going to let it happen um, because they say one thing and do another thing. And uh, this is certainly taking a long time. Are they, they, the Israelis have said they want to inspect every lorry load that goes into Gaza to make sure that Hamas isn't getting weapons delivered. I don't, they're not present on, at the Rafah crossing. I don't see how they can inspect uh, lorries, are they going to ask the UN to do it? Um, these things get trammeled up in an enormous amount of bureaucracy. And, and I've seen this sort of uh, thing in, in previous wars, and it takes days, weeks. Uh, and in the meantime, people are dying. Now, the definition of insanity would be to uh, do the same thing again and again and expect a different uh, result um, so that uh, applies maybe to, to both sides in this conflict. The um, Hamas do what they do, and the Israelis predictably then bring the wrath of hell down upon Palestinian heads. And I don't know, is there anyone who can moderate all of this? Because the US generally has walked away from trying to uh, have some sort of settlement, two-state two solution or whatever, I don't know whether it's just an inconvenience at the Middle East for the United States now. Well, um, if, if it's, an in, it's more than an inconvenience. It's the, the number one problem for Joe Biden at the moment. Um, the U.S. has not ever been an honest broker and is certainly not an honest broker now. I mean, um, you know, when, when Antony Blinken arrived in Israel, he, he said uh, he talked about his own Jewish origins and to, to the Arabs, uh, that means I have taken sides in this conflict. So nobody has any illusions about, about the U.S. Uh, really changing the thing. You, you mentioned, Pat, that the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And I, I think the most likely outcome of this conflict, uh, which is more violent than previous conflicts, you've got over 4,000 people dead already in just 11 days, and no one doubts that thousands more people are likely to die. Um, but the most likely, uh, <coughs> excuse me, sadly, the most likely outcome is that it will, after thousands and thousands of deaths, huge, immense destruction, it will just revert again to the status quo ante, and the international community will just allow the situation to continue to rot. And if anything good could be hoped, I mean, this is a totally utopian uh, wish, but if this could galvanize the so-called international community into finally 
proposing a viable solution, and not only proposing but imposing, because Netanyahu's government is, is not going to to do this of their own free will, and, and Hamas is not going to do it of their own free will. But it needs a massive international effort to solve this problem once and for all. And I, I'm I'm very sad to say that that's obviously not going to happen. But that is what should happen. Mm. And finally, the whole question of the provo- the provocation by Israel uh, and the Netanyahu government particularly in imposing settlements uh, on what is Palestinian land and, you know, encroaching more and more upon that land. Um, Mm -hmm. A blind eye was turned uh, to that. I mean, that perhaps is the, 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 the straw that is breaking the Palestinian back at the moment. Absolutely. There are now 700,000 Israeli settlers in the West Bank. They, they hold most of the West Bank. The avowed public official policy of this extreme right-wing Israeli government is the annexation of the West Bank. And, and the world has just turned a complete blind eye to that. Um, the U.S. Uh, doesn't mention it, doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't condemn it. Finally, Lara, I should ask you about uh, public opinion in Israel. Obviously, it's been united uh, against uh, Hamas in a very predictable way for the moment. But is there a division in Israel at all about people who say, look, we we want peace, we want to settle with our neighbours, we want to live in peace with them? Or has the population generally been militarised now by this? I think that militarization happened quite some time ago. Um, I saw over the years with the first intifada and the second intifada how these these nice, uh, friendly uh, Israeli peaceniks, merits, the, the left in Israel, gradually uh, be- hardened their stance and became anti-Palestinian. And I know um, in interviews with the survivors of the, the massacre at the rave party, um, it was pointed out repeatedly that many of the people attending that party were, were young people who were rather pro-Palestinian. There were, um, there were people in the kibbutzes near, near Gaza who had done a lot to help uh, Palestinians. One of the women who was taken hostage, for example, had gone and picked up Palestinian um, people who were ill, who needed uh, dialysis in Israel, and helped them get medical care. And, and then when these people were attacked, or, or killed or taken hostage, it, it turns and they say, no, no more, we were wrong, uh, we can't be friends with them. So I, I think that there's a, a yeah. very deepening hatred and dehumanization of the other in, in both camps. Yeah, but you can, I suppose, remark about Hamas and their reaction and what they did in the kibbutzim. You know, no good deed by those people living in the kibbutzim goes unpunished. That's the truth. Exactly. All right, uh, Lara, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us. Lots of uh, comments coming in. No one questioning Israel's right to defend itself, but we are questioning their right to slaughter thousands of Palestinians in uh, blank blanket bombing of the innocent. That's from Joe in Kilkenny. Uh, every news media worldwide talking about this, the upcoming onslaught by Israel as they will kill 2,700 innocent civilians this week in revenge, and that's just so far. The Arab countries will revolt and world peace is critically in danger. That's according to uh, Jerry in Dublin. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.